Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and right now, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. I'm Alex. Wakanda I'm Justin. Forever. I'm Pete. And if you haven't seen the movie, which is in theaters now, definitely go check it out because we're going to get into spoilers and impressions and thoughts and everything like that. Pete has his poster set up there. I assume you got it from the IMAX showing. Right, Pete? Uh, I didn't uh, go to an IMAX, but they did give me a poster. Hand hand painted? I did. I went to a 3D screening and a 2D screening. Oh, okay. Well, that's a great place to start off. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I, I don't like there are some movies that are like made for 3D. I feel like this was like, hey, you know, if you wanted a little extra funky, you know, you can do that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't think you had extra to be in funky. 3D, but uh, I had a good well, time. Just to check movie. before we get into the review proper, I saw Black Panther with you, Pete, in 4D. Did you did you miss that dimension? <laughs> did you miss the smells no, and the spray in your face yeah. and the vibrating and everything? Yeah, no. yeah. Okay. All right, you still have a chance. It's still in theater, so you can check it out. So here we go. Lots of stuff going on here. Lots of anticipation for this movie. Let's talk about overall thoughts first, because there's a lot of things to talk about and a lot of different aspects to break down. Pete, I know you have been anticipating this for months, if not years. Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I wanted a you know, three hour funeral that was like everybody dealing with this huge loss, this like, you know, uh, how do you move on when somebody was so the center of your kind of universe? So it was this very interesting and impressive kind of look at loss and death and, you know, uh, how messy life can get how People can go off their path. And like, it was just, uh, it was extremely powerful and also beautifully shot. So I, you know, I was super happy. I was, I was so sad. I cried three times, but I think overall it was like, I mean, there were some ups and downs. There were some CG moments. I was like, man, you know, but overall it was like, uh, it was, it was a, it was um, a nice homage. And I think that like also a lot of great character moments. I mean, Hmm. Angela Bassett just, oh, my God. What a power. What a force in this movie. Justin, what about you? What did you think of the movie overall? It's interesting. Hearing you talk about it, Pete, I feel like people go see movies for different reasons. And when you say, like, you wanted a three-hour funeral for Chadwick Boseman and the Black Panther that you had known, like, that is what this was. And that is not what I wanted. Like, and that's not out of disrespect for Chadwick Boseman. Like I, I, and I appreciated a lot of what they did to honor him, but I, I I think the point of the movie and the point, the message sort of some, one of the messages of Black Panther is like, death is, is not the end. Like we, like, it's about like the legacy and sort of the long arc of history. And so I was surprised how much this movie felt stuck in that death. When literally it's like, no, go, you have, we have to be, we have to be the force. You have to be the force for good. Yeah, but you got to get there. You can't immediately be like, yeah, you know, I mean, it was very much from Suri's perspective of like, she wasn't ready for that funeral. There were people in all white singing, dancing, and the clash of this idea, I think, is like how people mourn loss and how people, certain people deal with it. And like, yeah, I mean, you know, if I was going to see like, if I didn't, know what was going on or feel like, oh, I'm going to show up and I'm going to see a 
kick-ass Pan- uh, Black Panther movie. I- I'd be like, wait, what? But, you know, that's not... We can't get there yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I get that. But like I'm saying, I think I think people go to movies differently and, like, it's... And people mourn differently. And I think, like you're saying, that sure. is the point of the movie. And the, the part about this movie that I was also surprised by was how much, like, when, uh, when Angela Bassett died, I was like... Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, geez. When it, we're back at the funeral, and I and I think that was a purposeful, like, hey, this is oh, what yeah. life mm-hmm. is about these yeah. losses, and it can really, like, Shuri really gets run through the ringer here. Oh, and man. Yeah. To the point where you almost maybe believe that she is going to, like, lean into revenge. Yeah. Um, it's scary because you really yeah. don't know which way it's going to go. And they ha- also have, like, different flashbacks. You think it's going to go one way. I mean, but then when you hear Angela Bassett's voice, like, show her who you are. Oh, yeah. Just just to uh, throw out there a couple of comments of what you guys are saying, I think uh, you're absolutely right, Justin. It it depends on how you're going in there. And I think, honestly, I was going in kind of analytically, mostly to protect my emotions while I was watching it because I was seeing it with my kids and I didn't want to be a blubbering mess next to them the entire time because they'll have questions and things like that. (laughs) Certainly, I was very emotionally affected by the movie. And I think from an analytical perspective, they're presented an impossible task because of the sudden and very shocking yeah. death of Chadwick Boseman. The fact that it was as successful as it was is a triumph in and of itself, just in terms of having a movie that works. I do think that one of the big things that I was struck by just while we're talking about this emotional aspect of it is it is the tonal opposite in my mind of the first Black Panther. The first Black Panther is this celebration. It's not light across the board, but it feels like a rush roller coaster ride with some deep wells of emotion while you're watching it. There's obviously a lot of stuff going on, but it is this thing about T'Challa triumphing as the Black Panther with some losses, with some hurt in the background, but learning how to step up and be the king that he knows he's going to be. Shuri goes on a similar journey, but it takes her much lower, and it's very serious yeah. throughout. I, I will also well, admit, I, mean, I saw look it, about- hold, hold on, just one thing I was going to say about it is that, and I'm curious to hear from you guys about this, I saw it at like a 10 a.m. showing at my local theater, so it wasn't necessarily full. So it was hard to tell whether the jokes were falling flat because it was so serious throughout or if mm. they just weren't working for a smaller audience necessarily. Um, or mm. if they, I've heard from some people who are like, wow, there are no jokes. And I'm like, well, I disagree with that. I think there's some I, I laughed real hard when Riri was like, oh, you stop having Black Panthers when I get kidnapped. That was hysterical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think you're right, Alex. The tone really was different. And and I missed a little bit of that that tone that Jerry Bozeman died, guys. I mean, what do you uh, want? A hundred percent. This guy but, made movies right up until he died. Like it was his, you know, like he. I, it, Here, here's like, the thing. You, you got to have get a this movie out of the way. that's I know like. You're coming in combative here, Pete, because you're expecting us to tear things apart. Just. The thing that I want to lay out here, if we are offering up criticisms of the movie, it is not 0% criticisms of Chadwick Boseman or a tribute to Chadwick Boseman. It's talking about a movie. 100%. Right. I, 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 I wasn't accusing you guys of that. No, I'm I just saying, just, like, I, we why would you expect a happy I... sunshine? How, why would you expect a happy sunshine movie when somebody died after they had made such an, a huge impact 
But, but, but like, look, how could you go happy right away? You have to, you have to, you know, process this, sit in this, and all these actors love this person and made the first one with him. Like, I want to see and feel a little bit of their how these characters would deal with this. And, and I think you you get that in this. Like, the movie starts right there. It and starts we're there. all black with a prayer. It is like. Yeah. And it is in it, and I appreciate. Wait, I thought that it? was the the right choice. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, it was I gotta stop out going to that vocal theater because they went directly from oh, trailers, oh, like they did. I don't even remember what the trailer was. Like they they didn't even do a an hour feature presentation. They just cut into the movie, and I was like, "What's happening? Is this an ad for STEM with the actors of Black Panther?" <laughs> oh, oh, we're watching it right now. Okay, there we go. So. Time to pay attention. Um, but what I was going to say is like the emotions. Uh, it's Shakespearean. Um, and it led by Angela Bassett. She is like at 11 throughout this entire movie until she oh, leaves yeah. the movie. Um, and that is how some people mourn for, for me and for what I thought was the um, ideas le- that we were left with in the first movie is that, yes, it's important to be sad. But when you're mourning, it's also important to look toward the sun, to look outward toward the future right. and see what we still have here and then look back at what you have and the legacy at the same time, but not get stuck in the dark places like revenge, like Michael B. Jordan's arc in the first movie was all about being stuck in your anger and your what you don't have. And I think that w- I that's was just surprised that, and I understand that that that's where you feel like this movie you needed this movie to give you is that three hour like fuck what happened. Well, I that to me strikes it, it is the opposite of the vibe of the movie and it left me a little bit like just sad that we got stuck there. Well, first off, all right, I I hear what you're saying and, and yeah, like you know, uh sometimes you don't want to be sad, but I think it's also one of these things of like if realistically we're seeing if we're picking up right where we left off, Shuri's whole thing would she's robbed like again and again like i don't think yeah you you should but you know that's what this their whole thing is about like the death isn't but she's stuck she is logically and emotionally stuck and i thought that that was a true to who character and a great way to kind of like explore and also show that, yeah, at the end she does turn, but it's not always that easy. Even though you should be doing something, you should be, uh, you know, sometimes you do get stuck. You Sometimes yeah. things are hard that are easy to look on the outside and be like, dude, why are you stuck in this little, you know, well, thing? But, but like, but Can I back something up that you're saying there? I think uh, you're absolutely right that the, one of the smartest decisions they did, even though I have uh, my quibbles, to put it lightly, with Letitia Wright outside in terms of being an anti-vaxxer and some of her statements, so that certainly made me uncomfortable yeah. while I was watching the movie. But just on the surface, in terms of using Shuri, the most scientific character, to get back to what Justin was saying, yes, Wakanda exists in this world where not only they believe the afterlife is real, but they know the afterlife is real. Shuri yes. being the one character, like Pete is saying, who is like, no, this is scientific. I could scientifically recreate the heart-shaped herb and look at the right. DNA structures of the flower and create it. So, of course, I can right. break this down scientifically. There's no – even if she thinks kind of there's an afterlife, she needs to be brought to a place where that's the only thing that she can accept – and that emotional arc there, going from her 
looking at this analytically, not wanting to remember T'Challa, not wanting to remember the Black Panther, and that they left us but, the last moment is literally just her remembering him, I thought was rather beautiful. Yeah. Yes, I agree Yes, with that. thank great. you. And also, like, when you think about it, like, <laughs> we're the not whole first you here, movie. Pete. We're just discussing. I know, I'm just, we're talking <laughs> about the movie. The whole first He's movie, just wound up. she is saying, like, F tradition, I don't want to wear this, I don't believe in this stuff, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Chadwick was into it. Like he was all about it. You know, he understand what she was saying, you know, roll his eyes and stuff like that, but he believed in it. She didn't. So if she has to, you know, come to this place of like, I have to take on this mantle, I have to move on with my life, you know, like what in, I just, I think that that was like very clear for her and not against, but yeah, it's hard when you're sitting on the outside being like, Oh God, get over this. Let's move on. But, but that's uh, not what I was saying that, that not get over it, but like take the message of the man that you lost in, into you, like move. And, and, and obviously maybe the, also, maybe the point of the movie was that it, it took her time to do that. Yeah. Um, and, but like, and, and maybe that, and that's the story that was told. So like, uh, I, I just feel like, that I wanted more of the other side of it. I wanted to see the Black Panther really rise. And we just got we got the one moment, like Alex just said, right at the end of her, like taking a moment. And I just mm-hmm. wish that happened in the middle. So we get more of that, like because that's that's what I want to feel in relation to Chadwick Boseman and the first movie. I want to feel that energy of like, yes, we we are going moving forward. And instead, we got only one little bit of it. Uh, and so maybe I just need to get to the next uh, movie. But well, yeah, listen, this one we'll was harder sp- for me. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard. Uh, you know, I mean, especially that's the thing. Like the first one was this shiny kind of like thing of like, oh, man, all this. But I think it's it's a more interesting choice to kind of like have people struggle or whatever. But I, I understand what you're saying. I've definitely been frustrated at movies. Like, you know, take a Spider-Man where I know Mysterio isn't good. You know what I mean? But like, we got to <laughs> wait around for everybody else to catch up to that. And it's very frustrating. Uh, but uh, I just think the the hard choices or the things that like, I just think it also really opened things up for her, that connection with her and Namor. I mean, we haven't well, even talked about we, Namor yes, yet. But that's like, what I wanted to turn to rather than spending. I'm sure we'll come back and talk about the grief of the movie a lot mm-hmm. more because it pervades it. But I do want to turn and talk to Namor, talk about Namor. I want, I would love to talk to him. What's going on? With I would him. love to talk, talk to Namor. Oh I'd be, be like, Hey, turn those wings down. I'm trying to talk, but dude, so we meet right. Namor, played by Tenakota, and the Tolokan people, who is their new take on the Atlanteans in the MCU. This, by far, for me, and this is Pete being very specific with you, I'm not Yo, dismissing cool anything. what you're about to drop right now. <laughs> I'm not dismissing be anything cool. else about the movie. This is, by far, my biggest takeaway and my favorite part of the movie, the thing that I have thought about the most is Namor and the Tolokan. I thought the way that they executed on them was phenomenal. And the world building there was as exact and precise as with Wakanda in the first movie. I thought they did a great job. Uh, I agree. And did you, were you tweeting about the stairs? 
Yes. So uh, this is bring this is such a good, I love this. So this is one of the things we're going to talk about Alex's tweets no, right now. No, that's but this is, this is really interesting. Uh, I mean, this is the thing that I was really <laughs> struck about the world building. It drives me a little insane when they have underwater cities in movie and TV. And it's always set up the same way as a normal city, like specifically that there's oh stairs. God, I'm dude. like, who's going to walk up the stairs? Dude, they have fish. S- oh, no, sometimes. That's my point. <laughs> they, they have fish towels, like in Little Mermaid. Like, what are they doing there? And the fact that this was set up. Uh, essentially like a bunch of coral reefs with people swimming and with the exception of Neymar when he sits on his throne, which is a point when it makes sense to have the rising of stairs there. They don't have that. Or somebody mentioned to me on Twitter, like bubble guppies as bridges everywhere. Like what are they using bridges for necessarily? You know what? Fuck bubble guppies. We can all get on board with this. This this is is the level of world building from the cave that Namor is initially talking to Shuri in to, I don't know, the jet stream, I guess, that brings her to the city, to the way the city is laid out, I thought was beautiful, phenomenal. I thought the idea of taking this vibranium takes Wakanda, something that uh, from the outside uh, doesn't necessarily look like a primitive city, but looks like a technologically behind city when it's so far technologically ahead of anything else. The way that they extrapolate that onto the Tolokan as well, I thought was great. The water grenades was, I thought, just a smart weapon. Yeah, like, why cool. would they have grenades that explode fire if they're underwater? The uh, uh, use of siren mythology and working that into yeah. the Tolokan, I thought, was phenomenal as well. And the last thing I'll say that I will not take credit for this, but Jesus I've seen God multiple Christ. people compare the story of Shuri and Namor to myths from Hades and Persephone, which I think is a really apt comparison to just the idea of a god takes a princess down to his underwater kingdom, his underworld, gives her gifts, and when she rejects him, he furiously murders her mother is something straight out of myth. And the way that they lay that in there without necessarily calling it out, I thought was great. Pete, for your counterpoint, the thing that I liked about the movie, go ahead and talk about while I was back. We should take numbers so we can take turns. Do you know how upsetting it is when you start with something that's insane and then don't stop to address it and then go into a point that you agree with and want to contribute? I'm sorry, is the thing insane I like something about the movie? Was that the thing that was insane? No, no, you're stupid. You're like, hey, you know what? What, What's important right now is I bring up my fucking tweet that I said. Because I do like that point, and and I'll I'll tell you why in a minute. But that's the thing. You went from tweet into a monologue about something great that I also agree with. But because you made me so angry and we couldn't deal with that, I did like sit there and like uh, simmer out there. I so, love the fact that our podcasts are less about recapping the movies and more about Pete's therapy sessions at this point. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, great, great. You need to sit down with Michael B. Jordan, maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I think that I agree with you. The It's just all just so amazing. Uh, and sometimes, Zelvin, the reason places have stairs is they're like a city and then they sink mm-hmm. to the ocean floor so they were designed up here and then you know uh, but aren't you, you going to renovate once you're sort of committed oh to God. your place aren't you going to be like you know what let's get these stairs out of here yeah but, but then like when you little... want to renovate someone's like no we got to keep it it reminds us of the surface world and how much they rejected us and how we're above them because we don't use stairs and it's a okay, symbol when you remake this movie Pete you could add stairs to the to <laughs> I'm not, I don't care about the fucking <laughs> stairs the it's, it's thing very, that you care about the most that you had to spend all this time I'm glad that you're creative and that you tweet, but like, let's talk it's about the It's very funny, movie. Pete, real quick. It's very funny that you were like, oh, I can't believe we're talking about the lack of stairs. We need stairs. <laughs> <It's> like, well, <laughs> now you're arguing about something neither of you. Uh, oh, really. my God. 
I'm uh, anyways, uh, I agree with you. The, the Namor stuff, even the fact that it's like, uh, no more, like no love, like is his name, like I blew my mind. Like it was just so cool. So well done. The actor was unbelievable. Like his yeah. stuff, uh, with Angela Bassett was unbelievable. Just the, the back and forth, like, just, uh, like this whole symbol thing was so badass. Like it was just such a, uh, and that's, cool you love that because that's the shooting out the dragon ball thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kamehameha. Yeah. 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 Dragon, dragon ball, ball, Z. ball Z. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, ballsy. Dragon oh, ball. Z. <laughs> oh boy. I just squeeze uh, it in there. I mean, there were parts where it was like, Hey, you can use this suit that we murdered a human in, but like cleaned out, but it's not attached. So you couldn't really breathe, but for movie magic, we're going to have you just roll through the whole underwater thing and be in the suit. And it's cool. Uh, uh, but I just think that like, it, uh, it was just such a cool thing to see. And then also a great idea of like, you know, uh, if, Wakanda is built around this, then if it was underwater, like what would they build? And I think it was such a cool idea of like they created the sun underwater and like, oh man, uh, just such a great uh, idea and exploration of ideas and the effects of different things being in different locations. So I, I really, yeah, I was blown away, super impressed. Uh, it was just really cool. And uh, like the him running on the air where it was just like, uh, like sometimes like the floating up, I was like, all right, whatever. But like him, like just kind of like running, like it darting was around. like he was climbing stairs in the air, which I loved. It was, oh, it was, it was just like the comics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, uh, Air case. You know, we even got his, uh, you know, his uh, catchphrase there. So it was just really. Um, I will the catchphrase yeah, was a little. Yeah. Before <laughs> I, was I like, die, really? I just want to say the one thing that people know before. <laughs> Felt a little out of Here's place. Rex, huh? <laughs> Comic book fans. I'm yeah. Out. Yeah. It felt like saying the title of the movie, like, oh, I should say this. Okay. Yeah. Well, she did. Right before he said Imperious Rex, she, uh, he said Imperious Rex, and then she said Wakanda Forever. And then they yeah. both looked at the screen and winked. Winked. Yeah. Uh, I love a, a double wink. It's like a blink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I uh, I agree. Like, I thought the Namor stuff was from a a design element, top to bottom, like we're saying, um, really making the origin story for for Namor and his people, like, really connected to the world, the uh, the real world, rather than just being like, a city sunk. No, it had real, like, implications, and it gave them a real drive to why they believe what they believe. I thought that was just so great. And also the fact that they committed to the the ankle wings, something mm-hmm. that yeah. in a movie that is very serious and dealing with like much larger themes, whether it's the grief side on the Black Panther or like oppression and everything else that, that these movies touch on and specifically this one. And then they're like, and ankle wings are staying hard AF on the ankle wings. And it, it, it works, though. It made Namor like... Like in the comics, A, but B, like just stand out more as like this is this is the hero slash villain that that we have here in this movie. And uh, I really, really like that. Um, I do think some of the story got a little wonky for me. Like, I feel like the complexity of the first Black Panther movie and the way the story sort of moved and there were so many things sort of happening really worked. And in this one, it got a little bit wobbly for me um especially when you bring in julia louis dreyfus and martin freeman <laughs> to the movie uh that the, part if and, we want to talk combined about that, with some of them the yeah. everett ross i i like my martin favorite freeman colonist and, 
yes, favorite colonizer. You could legitimately replace them with an email and get the exact same. Hundred percent. Every time they cut to that, I was like, "What's what's happening here?" And I love Julie Louis Dreyfus. Legitimately, it felt like they fed her her lines before she got on screen, and she was just kind of making them up as she goes along, which oh, is fine. Uh, Don't that felt her. jammed in. That completely could have gone. You could have still had the outside oppression of the Americans through the CIA with uh, random different characters, with the cars chasing them, all that stuff. You didn't need anything from them whatsoever. Yeah, it felt but, like a TV show that was accidentally cut into an, a huge MCU movie about much larger topics. Before we uh, get too deep in your guys' notes, can we? Can I talk about one more like amazing thing before we kind of get into that section? Is that right? This isn't a section. I mean, it's a lifestyle. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, before we get into that lifestyle, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Maybe the greatest Marvel flip of all oh, time. I can't I, believe we waited this long to come get on. into this. I was, I've been very nice and good to you guys. This Marvel flip, I, I clutched my pearls. I started crying. It was just like yeah. the, they had a light wind. Like there was no sound and just like a light wind. I mean, the only time I wasn't mad that they didn't just do all comics. I mean, this was just like... It was a breathtaking, unbelievable moment that was just so well done. And then the finished instead of the red, the purple. Oh, I mean, it was really cool. I, I, I was the only one who stood up and started clapping, but still, I did it Not twice. Surprised. You know, clapped just, twice. What does that mean? You just sat I down stood and up stood... and started clapping in the movie theater. Just oh, okay, because oh, you saw the claps. movie twice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I uh, I agree, and I feel like we talk a lot about the Marvel flip. I would argue more than any other human, even the people that make them. Why uh, else do a podcast, bro? Come out! So, of course, my mind immediately went to Pete when this is coming, and anyone who listens to this podcast was like, I'm sure, losing it at in full LePage mode. It was oh one of those God. things where, as it went on, I was like, oh, they added some more Black Panther stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's a, it's a, I think I do. I think it's, oh, it's purple. I, I was feeling the Pete energy on that because it was surprising. It was awesome. It was a great sort of testament uh, shout out right at the time. Well, you weren't, your first thought was like, oh, thank God I wasn't seeing this movie with Pete because he'd be losing his fucking mind right now. No, I was on my phone for a lot of the movies. So. <laughs> <laughs> they did this, I will say, I feel like I haven't seen anybody mention this. They did this before after Stan Lee died, and it was really affecting as well, where they changed the whole logo into Stan Lee stuff. Um, I hope they never have to do it again, but it is very emotionally affecting <laughs> each time that they do it. Jeez. I mean, they probably will. No, when you think I about, nobody you ever think dies. About time. I, I think past this, point, past this point, nobody ever dies. It's, you know, there's just I too think much it death. might... It might cost us a lot of money, but when we uh, die in that um, uh, triple bunk bed collapse that we've always said is happening, yeah. let's make sure we have a, a Marvel flip for each of us that we can roll through with these podcasts. Uh, yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's enough footage that we can put in there. Oh, so 100%. 100%. Be good. Uh, yes, that was really beautifully done. I think uh, one other thing that I want to mention that... Wait, wait, before again, we just move on, I just want to no, say... No, I'm not that, moving like, on. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I, I was going to say about leading up to that, I feel like that whole opening section starting off with T'Challa dying of an unnamed disease, Shuri unable to heal him, 
again, thinking about it from a very analytical perspective, I immediately got worried about how are you going to execute this without showing Chadwick Boseman, without, yeah. to be like blunt about it, without showing the body there. And obviously you can't do that. That would be horrifying. But how do you make that happen? And I think from that, going from that to the funeral with the coffin showing the Black Panther taken up by that tractor beam into the ship, then going directly into this very silent, haunting Marvel flip was a beautiful way to start the movie that really got you past that initial question in your mind. If you're coming in with the question of how are they going to handle this? They handled it right there at the top. And then ultimately, I, I don't want to jump all the way to the Wait, no, We're still sequence. talking about the movie. Let's not move on. No, because it's they're tied together. Like it starts off with this place where you're like, oh, okay, that's how they're going to handle it. And then at the end, when you have the memories of Chadwick Boseman pop up through Shuri when she's on the yeah. beach, leading into that mid credit sequence, which that was the point that I cried. Like that was the thing that yeah. made no, me cry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a perfect parallel between those two moments. It's a great bookend for the movie from the beginning to the end. And sort of the point of maybe of mourning, it's not to be like there with the physical remnants that we leave behind. It's to be with the memories that you have once you've sort of made peace with it. And I thought that was cool. Um, And I also wanted to say shout out that they let like having um, uh, T'Challa die from an unnamed uh, disease that they couldn't fight, like is also a testament to the actor Chadwick Boseman. Like it's like he, the person became the character in this movie. And I thought that was really, it's, it's a little morbid to say like, cool that they made his death. What killed the character as well. But I I do think that is, that's a surprising choice and it's something that I think was intentional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, as someone who was walking into this, thinking to themselves, like, they better fucking show some respect with the motherfucking Marvel flip. I was <laughs> just crazy. floored. Like, just, I wanted them to stop the movie for like a minute or two so we could just kind of like collect ourselves and get ourselves ready because like... Hey, we oh, got a man holy, hyperventilating in the back of Black Panther. Uh, anybody, <laughs> he just, just needs a Twizzler the, jammed into his mouth and then he'll the, be fine. The, the quiet choice that they made and the uh, the images just re, kind of reliving it. Uh, I mean, I'm immediately after watching this movie, I watched the first Black uh, Panther movie before I saw it again. But man, just like uh, such a... The, the images they chose, the, the whole thing was just so well-crafted and well-put-together. Um, oh, God. And, you know, we we're talking about exactly what you were saying, Alex, and then the kind of, you know, like, we're now, after all that, we're seeing how everybody deals with, you know, like, the big choice that Chadwick made that said, we're going to share, we're going to open our resources. But now you're not dealing with Chadwick Boseman you have to deal with Angela Bassett and that whole UN thing was just, just unbelievable. Like just was such a shift to be like, this is a different kind of movie. This is a different, you know what I mean? Like was, Oh, just unbelievable. And while we're talking to Angela Bassett, there was uh, several points in the movie where I was like, get her in the suit. That's who I oh, wanted yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah. I legit was like, 
put I thought the movie was going to do that. I wanted yeah. her to be the Black Panther for this movie. Um and I see why they went with Shuri. Um it's just her performance and the way the story was going to have like her <laughs> wrecking shit for a while. I was like all in on that. Um but obviously it well, didn't. Why don't we talk about some of the other elements of the movie? Because there's a lot of other characters here. One of yeah. the big ones that gets introduced, who is obviously the kind of MacGuffin slash America Chavez of this movie, is Riri Williams, yeah. the scientist who creates the vibranium detector. She's going to be spun off into her own series, Ironheart, that's coming TBD sometime next year. But what did you think about the introduction of her character and how she played out throughout the movie? I mean, I I, I feel like uh, this is is great. Uh, Riri is a very cool character. I just felt like it was tough because it was like there was so much happening that also like Riri was just kind of like also there, you know. So I felt a little bit bad about that. But man, that car that she had, mm. oh yeah, and got at the end, right? <laughs> Of course, you got to give that car back. You can't not give that car back. I mean, you, you put a spear through the back of it. I mean, come on. Like, but still, it was. Uh, I, I I felt like she was very funny and a nice kind of like young energy. Uh, I I felt like a, a very cool and fun choice. I also liked how everybody was like she's a student, you know, and also made a good connecting point, um, you know, for Suri, uh, Shuri. So it was uh, it was very cool. Um, I, I like her as well. Um, it it does her energy did at times feel a little bit like uh, I don't know if everybody wants to joke right now to cool it out a little bit, but um, it's how she uh, deals with stuff, you know. One hundred percent. I mean, believe me, I'm I'm lived that life. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I like her going forward. I've also found it strange that everyone was like, "We got to kill this vibranium detector inventor." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Kill? <laughs> Ease up a little bit, gang." It like, was just talk to her. It was a big leap, and I understand a little bit because the idea of the Tolokan is basically they wipe out any knowledge of their existence whatsoever. So this is a dangling thing left out there. Right. But I, I assume maybe this gets to like a little bit of the wonkiness you're talking about, but my assumption is that one of the themes of both of these movies is vengeance, right? So Shuri eventually pulls back from vengeance. Can Namor pull back from vengeance as well? Ultimately, as he reveals to Namora at the end of the movie, no, he can't. He still has his plans going in the background, but he's always going to hold on to that stuff. So he's very focused on that. He's very focused on like, nope, I already made the decision to kill Riri. So I'm going to kill Riri, whatever I need to do to get that uh, done. I'm going to do it. But I agree with you just from the perspective of like, I don't know. Maybe you could figure out something else. Maybe there's another solution there, yeah. potentially. You've already revealed yourself to the Condons, so you want to work with them in some way. So work with them. They could hide her in Wakanda or something. I don't know. I don't know. They, they felt yeah, like there which were is what ways it, it happens. Yes, exactly. Um, I will say, though, in terms of that plot, that little bit of question in my mind aside, I did like how there were a series of escalating moves of either misunderstandings or cross purposes or things not quite talking, people not quite talking to each other that snowball out of control that ultimately lead to this conflict at the end of the movie. Um, I thought that was very well structured. Like it starts with these little moves that get bigger and bigger as they go that are centered around Riri. I do think if you want to compare them directly, because they are these 
new younger characters in the MCU that all of the plot revolves around and specifically the hero needs to protect them. This was a little more successful to me than America Chavez, even though I like both of the characters, just because she was more integrated in terms of like, she seems like she set up as Sherry's protege. They're both into science. They both work really well together. Um, I thought that was very nice. I, I will say this pivots into another thing that I didn't totally love. There's a lot of Iron Mans towards the end of this movie because you have Ironheart yeah. and then you have the Midnight Angel shoots flying around. And then also like Black Panther, obviously not an Iron Man, but again, it's like another character wearing a super suit. It was, it was a lot. Well, and because I, I agree with you, I was like, do we did Marvel misreading the room here on what we think is cool? Because like we're good on iron people, I think in general. Uh, but I did like that they are when Riri's going into the, her series, she won't have the armor that she has in this movie. Cause I was like, when I saw her, that her wearing that and flying out, I was like, Oh, I sort of want to see this story uh, told over time, which I, what I want to see in the show. And I'm glad that we will get that. I think. Another yeah. character to talk about who's pretty big in the movie is Nakia, who goes on a quest to find Shuri. She obviously yeah. has a lot of other stuff that we should talk about towards the end of the podcast. But I thought she was awesome. Uh, Great. is amazing. Repeated crushes. Oh, my God. Great yeah. throughout the movie. And I don't know. I love her position in this world now, the place that they put her in Haiti, teaching getting called back in one more time, like sort of like a bomb character or something. Great stuff. Love it. Agree completely. Yeah. And also like them talking the way they kind of like, we're sitting by the river and Umbaco's there and they're like, yeah, the war war dog saved the day again. You know, it was a, it was a fun moment. And like, you know, I don't know how we don't talk about the end, but you want to talk about bawling your eyes out. That was really, well, I do, before we get there, I did want to, you mentioned M'Baku, who I also think gets a fantastic level up here now that he, his tribe is part of Wakanda proper and part of the council from him coming in, chewing on the carrot to (laughs) so good. So great. fish man. No hesitation. Saving people throughout the movie, just like immediately yeah. jumping in the water is awesome. And I love the move, too, that it seems like from the end of the movie, he's going to step up and be the king of Wakanda while Shuri is the Black Panther. I don't know if you guys got the same impression, but if so, I love that move. I think that's a great place to take it going forward. Yeah, yeah it felt definitely. that way to me. And I agree. He was such a great presence throughout the movie. Every time he was on screen, I was like, yes, dude. His just his energy was just fantastic. And he could I thought his sort of comedy stuff really fit. And uh, yeah. I just what he brings to to the cast, I think, is such a needed uh, energy. And also, Okoye, I thought was great. Danae Guerrera. It was amazing. Yeah. In the oh, movie. my God. One of my favorite scenes that really snuck up on me is the one where she's being dressed down in the throne room by Ramonta. And I don't know if you, again, I don't know if you guys have the same impression, but watching that scene, and I think this is purposefully how it's structured, when she's like, you're no longer part of the Dora Milaje, watching that, you're like, what? Why are you kicking her out? And then when Ramonta makes that turn and brings back all the stuff she did with Killmonger, you're like, oh, uh, oh, okay, right. <laughs> maybe maybe she's right. Actually, sorry, yeah. Ramonda, you yeah, got it. Yeah, but no, I mean, it, you know, she was right. Like 
I mean, as soon as she showed up, I was like, and she was like, I want to go get the princess. I was like, oh, uh, I don't think you're going anywhere. <laughs> I think you're done. <laughs> like, uh, you were like, yo, trust me, I got the princess. I can do this in my sleep. I was like, oh, this is not a good, I, you could just tell, like, uh, but, um, it was just such a great uh, uh, reason to kind of bring in the old war dog and uh, uh, have her kind of show off her skills and the way she can kind of like maneuver and get in places. It's just so well done and such a cool thing for that character. Um, yeah, I, I also want to talk about the Michael B. Jordan reveal where I kind of was yeah. like, holy shit, you know, like that was such a cool choice, but also makes sense. Like when, you know, like, if you don't believe in a place and go through the ritual and do all the things, you're not going to go. Like, I thought that was such a cool thing to have happen. And the fact that she had to go back to the throne room where he was, was, well, I, I just think was, so cool. I, I thought it was great as well. And I think also just from a logistical perspective, the person who should meet her there in the ancestors is T'Challa. But again, you can't do that. Yeah. So, Thinking about yeah. that from a perspective of, okay, who do we have come in there then? And having that tie into this vengeance arc down to, if you look at Shuri's suit, it has the yellow flare from Killmonger's yeah, suit. That's what she's working yeah. in there. That's who she is thinking she needs to be when ultimately that's not who she needs to be by the end of the movie. I thought was so smart and so well done and such a great way to bring an actor in there that's surprising that you do not expect, but again, ties into the emotional arc of the movie. Well, I agree with that. And an actor who has such screen presence like michael b jordan oh, yeah. it is so good just seeing him there was like such a little like from a story perspective like you're saying alex works so well and just from a performance i was like just the again just the energy i wanted here someone who is like has an edge can just like slow play some dialogue really great one quick little thing that I wanted to throw out there before we talk about the end credit scene and then future stuff as well uh, is we had another example of Disney's like very quick LGBTQ plus characters here with the two members of the Dora Milaje. It was Michaela Kuhl's yeah. character, and I'm forgetting the other one. Every time who, you saw the Dora Milaje, it was unbelievable. I amazing. Mean, and the action sequences. So we great. haven't talked about the action sequences. were pretty oh, great across the board. But they have this quick kiss at the end there where I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't set that up anywhere. And that's another, like, I wish we had gotten more of that. Like, thread that throughout the movie. And I know they can't because they need to cut out stuff for the movie internationally, which sucks. Yeah. But it it comes as this quick moment to the end where I want to know more about these characters and get into these characters. Maybe they will on Disney+. Plus. There's Two great of, characters together. I mean, it yeah. just, yeah. It's but very it, exciting. It was a little frustrating to have that just thrown in there at the end of the movie, is my point. Yeah, definitely wanted more of Michaela Cole throughout. And hopefully uh, yeah. we'll get more. Let's talk about that mid credit scene, which I also thought, like I said earlier, was so brilliant. And that was the point that I cried, where you get the reveal of Nakia yeah. and T'Challa's son, who is also named T'Challa. Oh. Uh, and beautifully done scene. I don't know how they cast a little kid who looks like half Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> half Peter Nyong'o. And can act in a way that yeah. I was like, oh, my the God. smile and the, yeah. oh, my God. The laugh. Yeah. Just. And who knows what oh. they're going to do in the future, but just from uh, this perspective of the MCU setting it up of like, it felt like, oh, that's why they didn't recast T'Challa, is you can have Shuri be the Black yeah. Panther, and when you get to the point where maybe they keep this kid who is incredible, maybe they recast somebody to be like a slightly older version of the T'Challa character, that's how you set it up for like 
10 years down the road. So you have T'Challa is the Black Panther, but it's T'Challa's yeah, but, son. Uh, before you get ahead of the moment, I mean, let's just stay in it for a second. The just the 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 relief that you see in her face and the love that kind of comes back into her life is just, it's such an amazing, powerful moment on the beach to the like stills, the quiet stills of Chadwick Boseman that you got that she's just like remembering his smile. It was just such a great ending. Like you walked away and then the Rihanna song plays and I was like, Oh my God, it was just, it was, uh, you know, just unbelievable. Umbrella, I believe. Yeah. How dare you? Um, what I, I think that's the point It really drove the point home for Shuri at, at that moment. Cause she, she couldn't seem to really connect with sort of the wider, uh, afterlife points throughout the movie. Um, and only then is she, when she sees it in person in a, a son being yeah. born and how like a legacy continues generationally. I think that's when it really hits her. And I thought that was an interesting way that Shuri being some, a person of science to see like a child embody that as opposed to believing or understanding the more um, supernatural elements of the, the Wakandan afterlife. Like I, I thought that was a, a nice sort of under uh, you don't really, they don't explain that that's why she is sort of really feeling it then. But that's what I, that was my takeaway from it. But also the aha moment of like, that's what, you know, Angela Bassett was talking about on the beach. There's something I got to tell you. And then, you know, Neymar comes out of the water. You're kind of like, what, what was the thing? What was the thing? And then you kind of get like, oh yeah. Yeah. There's that. And also what Nakia is doing in Haiti uh, for the timeline thing that I love that they don't mention the blip or anything like that, but that's clearly how this kid is like six years old at this point. Um, So love all of those moves there. I thought they were wonderful. And just from a rhythmic perspective, like we talked about earlier, finishing off the movie with Shuri, finally remembering T'Challa going to credits and then coming back to the same scene and giving us even more information about it, I thought was a lovely way to structure it. And, And it, incredible mid-credit sequence. So I was very excited. Yeah. Uh, before oh, yeah. we very briefly talk about future stuff, any other notes from the movie, things that you wanted to call out, scenes that jumped out to you in particular? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's great. Good stuff. Uh, I cried so much. Did we cover that? Yeah. <laughs> I think we yeah. did. You did right, look why don't a we go to dehydrated. our vision board then and talk about what is coming forward? I know we've touched on this before, but the movie does end with Black Panther will return in classic Marvel style. So we know that's going to come back. So we kind of have a sense of a couple of things that are going to happen spitting out of this. But I mentioned earlier, they haven't officially announced this, but apparently they are working on a Dora Milaje show. So we are going to see some of that, maybe with the Midnight Angels, maybe not. I don't know. But what do you want to see spinning out of Black Panther going forward? <coughs> Pete? Well, I, you know, I, I'm just interested in seeing what happens next, like how we're going to get kind of like... You know, I'm ex- I'm excited for more Mbaku and what he's going to do and how he kind of runs things because he does have a great. Uh, you know, everybody has to keep coming to him anyway, so he might as well be running it. So I, I'm very excited about what that means for Wakanda and and how that's going to go. Um, but yeah, I I mean, the, I'm excited to see how Riri and Cherry stay friends. Uh, Dora Milaje is just like such a fantastic thing every time we see them and their fighting sequences are so glorious. I mean, 
the the stuff on the bridge was just so badass. Um, yeah, and it was such a cool kind of those two fighting at different locations was such a cool thing throughout the movie. Um, I um, if I had to make a prediction, I think the next Black Panther movie is a bit of a time dash, and we get Shuri and um, the slightly aged up T'Challa. Um, sort of like maybe a, a mentor, a mentee situation for a, a Black Panther and Black Panther Junior. Is that something we can throw around? Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, uh, TJ, to Yeah, I would love Jr. like a montage of her teaching him things and like you know like uh, yeah, I think it would be really great. Um, so that could be cool. I is this is the end of Phase Four? Sure I is. Say this finally is finishes the, the story now, that they started feel? telling with Black Widow. I want to say. Or Spider-Man, no, I don't know. I think that's right. And, yeah. I, like, I think we can... This is not a criticism of this movie, but, man, this Phase 4 did not make any sense to me. Like, <laughs> there are some good movies, some less good movies, but I was like, what? where are we in this? Especially Marvel, who is, like, very deliberate with their phases, or they have been in the past, and this one felt like, why call it this if you're not going to give us... Any sort of roadmap. I do think... We've talked about this a bunch on the podcast before, but I do think this is spaghetti at the wall phase just like throwing so many things out there and then we're going to see what they're actually going to follow up on in phase five and phase six as they make their way to kang dynasty and secret wars i agree with you it was all over the place i don't think there was a story they were telling but i do think we're going to follow some threads there potentially this is their chance to figure out how to do tv and movies at the same time it's not a story, though. One thing that I wanted to throw out, which we didn't mention in terms of following things forward, though, is I want to see where Namor shows up next. I want to see the Tolokan. Oh, yeah. I've seen a lot of people bring up that canonically in the comics, Namor has a whole thing with Sue Storm on the Fantastic Four. So I think people are expecting her there. But I think they've subbed in the Shuri-Namor relationship for Sue Storm Namor, and I'm mm. totally okay with that. But Namor is such a good antagonist and so interesting. There's so many different places you can go and follow there. And Ted Aquarta is such an enigmatic actor. I'm excited to see Great. however they yeah. use him next. He's a perfect Namor. So there you go. Great. If you would like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube coming out. We would love to chat with you about everything MCU, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at comic book live on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, stay marvelous. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever.